Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Tony. Uh, because of the length of this podcast, I decided to break it up into two parts. Uh, clearly, this is the first part that you're about to listen to. And uh, the second one I will post uh, about a week after I post this one. This is Analog Spectrum. You're about to hear a whole lot of words that don't rhyme with orange. Okay. I'm doing the theme song now. <laughs> All right, we are recording. All right, this is a uh, this is Analog Spectrum. This is Tony, and of course, I'm here with Doug. And this is a special podcast. We're actually, uh, I'm very excited about this podcast because uh, we're, there's a whole lot of firsts going on today. First, uh, first guest, uh, and the guest is is my nephew. Uh, Grant, and we're going to get into why I invited him uh, here. And it's the first podcast where I'm pretty drunk already. So I was that's say, a this good... might be the first podcast where Tony stays awake through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, shut up. Uh, so uh, so anyway, uh, so again, uh, Grant is joining us, and and the reason I invited uh, Grant uh, to to be part of this podcast is uh, he just got done uh, riding his bike uh, with a group of other. Uh, University of Texas students from uh, San, from uh, Austin, Texas, or near Austin, Texas, from uh, from Texas to Alaska as part of a uh, an organized ride through the University of Texas, and I'll get let him uh, detail. I'll let you uh, just give me a minute, Grant. I'll, I'll give you about another forty five minutes, and then uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll have you uh, jump in here. I'm almost done. Anyway, so but again, uh, he just with the Texas four thousand, uh, he just rode from Texas to Alaska. Uh, so tell us uh, first off, what is Hold on, before you get to the first okay. question, do me a favor, Tony. Mm-hmm. Hold that glass up to the microphone and jingle it a little. Okay, Ooh, so when yeah. you hear that, yeah, we've had podcasts where you hear my dog snoring and grunting in the background. <laughs> in this particular podcast, you're going to hear Tony's bourbon uh, glass jingling with ice. The very first podcast we did, yeah, yeah. oh my lord! Yeah. Like I was like, I was like, oh, you know, like after like the first, I was uh-huh. editing it, uh-huh. and after like the first ten minutes, I was like, fuck it, uh, yeah. and everybody just gets to hear me drink bourbon. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's what that sound is when people hear that. So, oh, anyways, nice. All right, so. Uh, uh, so tell us, can you give us a little history of the Texas 4000, what it's all about? Can do. So Texas 4000 for Cancer is a nonprofit organization. It's associated with um, University of Texas at Austin, but it's not actually a student-led organization entirely. So we have that nonprofit mm-hmm. aspect to it. It was started in 2004 by a guy named Chris Condit. And that was just like a bunch of scrappy people who came together and said, let's raise some money for cancer. Uh, Chris Condit's um, personal connection is that he had cancer. And he wanted to raise money for, I think, like the Cancer Foundation for the United States. I can't remember exactly what it was. But they rode two routes. They rode the Sierra route and the Rockies route, both of which start in Austin and end in Anchorage, Alaska. And since then, in 2016, we added the Ozarks route, which is the one that I did. And that goes, instead of through the Rocky Mountains like the Rockies route does, or through the West Coast like the Sierra route does, it goes from Austin to Houston which you know already this is taking so a left turn yeah, this the is wrong kind of way. weird yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then from houston to new orleans okay you're then, still going the yeah, wrong still way, going the wrong yeah. way. This is like yeah. a college student thing all right i'm getting it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> we slept on the geography classes it should uh, be said okay <laughs> and then uh new orleans all the way up the mississippi river basin to like st louis chicago places like this okay and uh finally once we get into canada i'm going to winnipeg would be the first major city there 
we head uh, in the right direction. We head west, and okay. we go through uh, Manitoba and Saskatchewan, or Saskatchewan. And just, uh, I mean, uh-huh. roughly how many miles is this? So, like, if you did it with car, it'd be, like, 5,700 miles. Of, like, that's probably, like, the total amount, something like that. But on the bike, because we drive some days, it's, like, 4,000 or 4,500 miles that you're biking in and the you- summer. For my route, the other runs are a little bit different. Okay, and you yeah. do this to raise money? Exactly. Could yeah. you not, like wash cars or something like <laughs> well, uh, sell some cookies <laughs> sell cookies up for a Walmart or something and, yeah. like, and it wasn't just to raise money but also to raise awareness okay. right okay. right yeah so all right I like get the, it. the big spiel is like we're spreading hope knowledge and charity like that's okay. that's the yeah. motto no, that's actually cool i'm not making fun of it i'm just yeah, being yeah. an idiot uh, <laughs> well i mean we do that kind of thing like the riders are tasked with raising uh, forty five hundred dollars each, at least, uh, before they go on the ride. Okay. And I think of it as like you're building up a credit, like you're you're promising people I'm going to do this thing. Right. And to get them excited, you do stuff like bake sales or right. you okay. go okay. panhandling on the street, and we right. have done a lot of that. But the reason why people are excited for it is we're going to get on the bike, you know. Because it's pretty impressive riding four thousand miles on anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes seventy days. It's it's a long summer. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 so every. It wasn't just riding, but every night you would stop, or pretty much every night, correct? And you would you would meet people and tell mm-hmm. your story, right? Right. And one of the reasons why the Ozarks route makes any sense at all is that we get to visit hospitals and what's traditionally called the cancer belt of the United States. So this is the area of the United States that's most disproportionately affected by cancer. Wow. So like the Mississippi River Basin, like that's pretty much America's gutter. Okay. So lots of chemicals from refineries and other sources and up there. And as a result, you have more cancer cases. Okay. Um, Kentucky has like, I think it's the number one or number two state in terms of smoking. So they have a disproportionate number of um, lung cancer cases. I was thinking about this the other day. Like I lived in California for quite a few years and coming to Texas, there's still a lot of people that smoke. Oh yeah, for sure. And and my dad lives in Kentucky and there's a lot of people. A lot of smokers. Yeah. I don't understand it. I just, I mean, mm-hmm. when we were growing up, I kind of get it. Because, I mean, you know, World War II, they gave you cigarettes if right. you were in the military, right? And they, was, they did. Yeah. And so, but. <clears throat> they gave us. Remember? And uh, we're really, oh, by the way, we're notoriously. Yeah. Great, we notorious never stay on topic. So, <laughs> sure. later on, we're going to be, again, we're going to be like, and that's, honestly, Grant, what you need to do is you need to cut the. Brussels sprouts and quarters <laughs> rather than hash. Yes. And then when you put it in the deep fryer, yeah, yeah, yeah. And cheese, honestly, yeah. don't go, don't do anything cheap. Yeah. You want to do, yeah. you want to do a good Parmesan. So anyway, but, but uh, both you and I were smokers. Yeah. Yeah. And I was telling somebody just the other day, a carton of cigarettes now costs like, I don't know, somewhere like 120 bucks. Right. And when, when we first, I was probably 1984, I think I got underway for the first time. And as soon as you get outside of international waters, mm-hmm. you don't pay tax. So we could buy a carton of cigarettes for five bucks. And we did. And we did. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, uh, we would, uh, we would uh, uh, make sure, sometimes, like I, I used to chew also, and I, uh-huh. I would bring like rolls of tobacco with me when I yep. got underway. Yep. And also in the life raft of the, uh, when you, you would do like life raft maintenance, yep. and you would open the, up these life rafts, and they'd have a, like, a kit in there to, to, for survival yep. and there was a pack of smokes cigarettes in were in there yeah. Yeah, smokes were in there but like nowadays with the information that we have why yeah i don't understand i mean i get it if you've already hooked and it's hard to stop i understand all of that but like somebody to take up smoking now i i don't get it i just i have yeah, a really just, difficult time understanding right. that so 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 hey you head up so you and and like you were saying you head over there and you, you're that, that i didn't realize that that makes a lot of sense and and almost everybody in your group, uh, or most people, had a story that a reason that they they uh, uh, started to do that, that were they were drawn to this, why they wanted to do it, right? Right. And right. would you be willing to tell your story? Yeah, for sure. So, 
In my personal case, my mom passed away from cancer about 10 years ago. So I was a seventh grader and, um, you know, I had to give this feel a number of times whenever I was on the ride. Um, what we do whenever we go to locations is oftentimes if we're at a hospital or we're at a cancer support service or we're at a, a location that actually provides money to us, one of our sponsors, um, a number of students will get up and tell their stories. So okay. I'll try not to sound like a robux. I've given this okay, 20 or yeah, 30 yeah, times yeah, this yeah, summer. Yeah. But yeah, I was just a seventh grader whenever she passed away. And um, I didn't really deal with it in a, a very effective way, a very healthy way. Okay. Just kind of bottled up those emotions. You know how it goes mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't until later whenever I was a high schooler and I had friends that I was closer to and I started opening up that I started healing as a person. Okay. And so what I tell people is one of the reasons why I ride is just to let people know that that's that's an option that you can be vulnerable and that there's actually sure. a lot of strength through that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I yeah. gotta tell you, like when we did, because Grant and I, when he, when it, God, it chokes me up. But when, when you, uh, when you did that Atlas, we did the Atlas ride together. We, t- I rode the first leg with him, which was like 50 miles. No big okay. deal. No big deal. It was easy. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'll joke aside. Sorry. But when you did that and then, you know, we all met up there and you told your story, man, it, it really grabbed me. You know mm. what I mean? It really did. I mean, because again, I'm, I'm, we're family, you know, and, uh, and I, I remember when your mother passed away, and uh, and uh, you know, and and you know, when you were a child, when you were in seventh grade and so forth, you know, we, you know, and I lived in Seattle. We weren't as as close as I, as I would have liked to have been, and so I, I really didn't know what was going, you know, going on with you and how you felt. And to hear you tell that story really touched me, and I, and I think it probably touched a lot of other people too. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, and that's one of the more gratifying parts of the ride, actually, is. It's whenever you tell your story, people say thank you. But mm-hmm. also, whenever you're just on the road, you're at a gas station or something, um, right. people come up to you and give you $20 and they'll say, thank you for what you're doing. You don't know who I am. Right. We're not going to have a long conversation, but thanks sure. for what you're doing. Yeah, that's cool, yeah. man. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, first off, so that that's the Texas 4000. They've been going on since what year? 2004, I believe. 2004. Yeah. And, uh, and, of course, COVID kind of affected. They did, They weren't able to ride during the they they did they went to Canada border and came mm. back right. COVID affected us in a number of ways. One is that in 2020 the rides didn't happen. It was virtual. Okay, that was a huge disappointment for a lot of people. And sure. in fact, many people deferred that year and rode in 2021. Mm. And so that was a, a big, big year for us. We had maybe like 80, 80 people, something like that. And so we had four routes that year. Okay. So we had in addition to the Ozarks route, we had one that was called the Smokies route, and that went farther east. Whoa. It made even less sense. Yeah. <laughs> but we couldn't actually go into Canada because okay. the border was closed. Sure. So yeah, yeah. people turned around the border and came back to Austin. Okay. Which from a rider's perspective, that sounds immensely frustrating because you want to go to Alaska. Yeah, yeah. And also you don't want to finish back in Austin because you're you're backing through like Amarillo era right, area right. potentially like, oh. it's like this oh, I'm, ju- I'm familiar with that yeah <laughs> yeah well I just drove that because I drove the the vans and the the trailers back with all the bikes in them from okay. Anchorage to um, Austin so I got to go through the Rockies route and here I've meandered a bit but actually it's a good segue into another way that COVID affected us which is that our recruitment numbers were down in 2021 so 2022 which was my team mm-hmm. was a small team and we ended up only have two routes instead of the usual three. So we had that Sierra route, which goes through the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And we had the Ozarks route, which goes east. And that Rockies route didn't happen. So whenever we drove the support vehicles back, I got to drive through that part, drive okay. through the Rockies Mountains. And we visited some people that we had given money to. We stayed with some hosts are historic with us. Okay, tend cool. to go to. And that was, that was a cool experience for me. But, yeah, we yeah. ended up through Amarillo at the end huh. of the day. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So how you say your team, how many people were on your, your team? 
my team was 24 to begin with. And then we had, I want to say three people um, drop for various reasons. Okay. Nothing unplanned. Like right. um, people had to start job or uh, sure. go to yeah, med yeah. school, stuff, stuff like that. Okay. And the other route, Sierra had the same number, uh, 24, and they dropped maybe one person. So we ended up with like 44 at the okay. finish line. That's a, lot, that's a lot of riders, man, to make it that is. far. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. So that's a big commitment. I mean, you know, yeah. each individual person, you add all that up, that's a that's a lot of commitment. Yeah, it takes a village, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah no and, and also, so, and, and to that point, like, they, they set up a series of rules for you when you sign up that... You, not, you have to raise a certain amount of money, right? You have right. to. What, what are the things you have to do to, to get to that point where you actually show up for the Atlas ride and you start the ride? Like I said, we each raised $4,500. Right. We volunteered, I want to say 25 hours, like 15 one semester, 10 another semester. Mm-hmm. We went to a lot of meetings. Mm-hmm. So your ride begins about 18 months after you join. It's like a year and a half. So you join, I joined, like I applied like fall of 2020 and then i was accepted that winter and then that semester in 2021 that spring was whenever i started going to monday meetings so we had meetings every monday they're like two hours plus had to go had to go yeah you have attendance and that's where you learn about what the the whole text 4000 thing is about okay you start meeting your friends and then the next semester we started like training so we have our bikes because of covid supply chain issues we ended up having bikes in january of 2022 usually we would have had them in the fall okay. preceding that in october so we had a compressed training schedule which is one of the reasons why our team was so small actually okay is because when you compress a training schedule like that you do more miles more quickly mm-hmm. people get injured sure yeah sure. yeah yeah and you, and you had bike failures too and things like that right mechanical fa- failures which may or may not have been caused by the bikes being put together um less carefully in that, in that I'm glad you timeline. said that because I was yeah. thinking about by a couple of monkeys or something. I just, <laughs> I don't know. You, you, you get that little pause, and I'm thinking to myself, bikes put together by people like me and Tony. That's <laughs> yeah. great. Don't ride this; it's not safe. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, and uh, and and tell us about your tell us about your bike. I have a giant Command AR bike. Don't know much other than that it's aluminum. Um, like it's not carbon fires, nothing fancy. Probably about right. fifteen hundred dollars. We also had libs. We had felts, um, similar quality. Yeah, that's interesting because I, yeah. I know talking to you know one of my other friends wrote it, and I think at the time they had all that they all. Had, but again, com, uh, supply su- uh, supply chain issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they all had the same bike. They kind of. But I think with you, they had to they had to you know put together a series of bikes. What what components did you have on it? What do you mean? Is it one hundred five or Shimano or? Do you know? Oh, do you mean the uh, derailers? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like Shimano Solars. Gotcha. So like, yeah, forty dollars derailers. Gotcha. I mean, if I were to do a bike packing trip myself, I wouldn't have this setup. Like, I'd have like a steel frame bike. Right. I'd have probably much more durable derailers and derailleur hangers on it. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it's it works. You go faster on that, and of course, we're not putting back like bags on our bikes whenever we're biking because we have the support vehicles. Right. So if you're doing something self-supported, yeah, like, you definitely need something that's going to take more wear and tear. Gotcha. And these bikes right now, like they're running to the ground. Like we've had several mechanical issues. Most of them are still functioning, but it's, yeah, we've definitely have our ups and downs with them. Well, I got a question for you. So this is probably more appropriate at the end. You can tell us again at the end, but um, in the business that I'm in, we get requests for, for donations all the time Uh, for, I mean, oftentimes not nearly as valuable as what you're talking about. So if anybody happens to hear this, uh, can they donate a bike or can they just give money or i mean how can 
folks get involved in that way. Of course. Yeah, you can reach us at texas4000.org. That's probably the best way to do it. Um, I am curious what business you're in. I'll tell you that off air. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I don't want nobody showing up my door asking for stuff. <laughs> yeah, we ask for a lot of donations on the ride. And it's okay. usually like, hey, I'm Home Depot, so um, our lock broke. Can we get a new lock, please? Uh, right. It's for cancer, please. Right. And very, very often they say yes. Sure. We also get a lot of food. Um, okay. It turns out that chains frequently have programs where they're happy to help out nonprofits could get a tax right. deduction. So sure. right. you call it Pop John's. You're like, hey, we have 24 hungry people. Um, we're biking for charity. They're like, all right, what, like, what do you want? Yeah, give me your tax ID number. Really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we have that on hand. You know? sure. Yeah, I get it. And, and okay, so uh, so you, and I'm just backing up here a little bit, just kind of doing it, moving through it. And so you, how, what were your training rides like? What did you do? We started in January. Like I said, we did maybe five, ten miles the first day first training ride and preceding that was oh hang on a second do you say five or ten miles uh-huh. are, are these people that don't are not like cyclists like tony he rode 100 miles all the time uh-huh is no, this yeah no some people haven't even ridden a bike before what? they're at that level so you have like how, hang on a second so you you're like, telling me people uh-huh. that is not gonna they're, they're uh-huh. not cyclists let's i'm air quoting right mm-hmm. now um and they're gonna commit to riding four thousand miles yes Yes. Well, self-selects okay. were a very adventurous type of person, okay. which that's, makes the summer ride fun. That I did not know. I isn't thought that, you guys were all like amazing? cycle nerds. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That is crazy. I, I, uh-huh. See, I didn't know that. I'm glad you asked that question. Yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah, I thought so, this yeah. were all like a group of cycle nerds. You're like, well, hey, let's well, do something cool. Well, even even Grant, even though he was in, he did he rode and he and he and he did a lot of other. Uh, he was very physically active, and of course, he knew how to ride a bike. But you were not a quote unquote cyclist before this. By started. no means, no. I was just a commuter. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, sorry to interrupt, but that no, it's a great question. No, it's a great, great, like, yeah. like, great question. Yeah. yeah. Well, it shifts yeah. over time, and, and like, I and I appreciate your your kind of amazement because I I same for me yeah. when I first yeah. heard that. Yeah. Well, originally it was a lot of people who are very athletic. Sure. And now it's more people with connection to cancer and yeah. people who are pre med, and this is something that's like right up their alley in terms of like, right. oh, I want to be an oncologist, for instance. Okay. Um, yeah, well, before the first ride, we have like three or four days where it's like just training. And this okay. isn't like this every year. I think sometimes they space it out more. But for our year, it was three or four days all in a row. And it was, okay, this is how you ride a road bike, which is different than a regular bike. Sure. Like a road bike, you have cleats that you fit into pedals and they like they click on. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, you know... You're strapped in. There's okay. if you fall, you fall. It's, right. It's hard to um, to get out sometimes, especially whenever you're a beginner. Um, I, I, you might have to edit this, but just ask Joe Biden. He knows. Yes. Oh, did he fall <laughs> the bike? Oh, yeah, he did yeah, fall the bike. Yeah, 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 I just, yeah. yeah. I'm just leaving that right there. Uh, okay, moving on from that. So the training was good, was it? Yeah, so, but, <laughs> but you know, but he wasn't part of the Texas 4000. That's so, true. So the, yeah, well, we fell a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. We very long. Oh, everybody of falls. does. Yeah. I, I tell you, what, I, and I do have a funny story about that. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, an offline story okay. that I will tell. Remind me here a little later, okay. and, and we'll. I'll tell the story in front of in front of my wife, who's also in that story. But I have fallen over sometimes, and again, you talk about being a beginner. Sometimes you just fall over. I yeah. mean, you yeah. you will just fall over. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, something will happen where you have to stop quickly, and and you try to unclip, and and you just yeah. Fall. Day seventy, we had a couple of falls. Sure, it happens. Yeah, yeah. It just, I mean, it don't, don't, don't judge. I don't judge on that. I'm yeah. going to remind you of this when you try to get me to start riding bikes with you. Yeah. Yes. Nah. Yeah. No. Nah. I mean. Yeah. 
you okay. fall go ahead yeah so yeah and so you're training then you did you ramp up pretty quick or did you guys... right so then we added 10 miles every weekend so we had saturday rides uh-huh. which you know, most people have time on saturdays this is uh-huh. a good time to have a big group ride together then we would have on the weekdays it's kind of like schedule something that works for you so it would be you know maybe two or three times a week you'd go out for okay. a ride and these were shorter rides like 20 to 40 miles usually on the weekend on the weekdays okay but on the weekends they started like and, and every time you did a longer ride on the weekends, it was like level unlocked. You can do that on the weekdays. Okay. That was the idea. So the weekend started with 5 or 10, then it moved up to 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. Then we did 100, 100, 100, 100, and then we were done. Okay. And 100 was like a big deal. That was like the test. Like if you sure. can do 100 miles on a bike in 10 hours, and you'll probably be able to bike this summer. Okay. It was rough because did- like it was... The first ride was pretty easy. The second ride was pretty easy. And then the third ride, it was like, oh, that's what it feels like to go up a hill. Ah. And then fourth ride was like 40 miles. It was, oh, man, I can still remember. That was the day that my knees like got injured. And it was like the next month I just had knee pain every okay. time I rode a bike. And I was not alone. I know other people that that day, that's what got them. is because suddenly you're adding elevation on top of these longer miles. Your body's not recovering fast enough. Okay. Your connective tissue just isn't ready for that. And yeah. you talk about like getting in shape for riding a bike. A lot of it is cardiovascular, but if you're already in pretty good cardiovascular shape, it's more so are your legs strong enough and are your ligaments and, and tendons and stuff, are they strong enough? Okay. We had lots of people over the summer who just had overuse injuries. Mm-hmm. And this is just your knees not being able to take the volume. Okay. Wow. And yeah. so uh, during that training period, so just to kind of go back on this, uh, people all along the spectrum of physical fitness right and uh and did anybody drop at this time or anybody was there anybody in your group that was kind of like okay I, this is more than i can yeah, do yeah a bit off more than i can do yeah. yeah yeah so the attrition rate was high i wouldn't attribute it to people saying oh i just like i can't do this physically it was more like i can't do this physically because my body's broken okay like because yeah. like my my knees really messed up and right. i like this just wouldn't be a fun summer if i attempted it or like i can't meet the deadlines that we have as an organization that right. kind of thing there are people who said, I can't do this because there's a lot of cars on the road and I'm afraid I'm going to get hit by a car. Right. Which is a very real, that's real valid, feel. Yeah, yeah, that's completely valid. Yeah. So yeah, We almost got hit on the Atlas ride. We did. Yeah, yeah. we had a, a car come dead on at us trying to take a curve too fast in, yeah. uh, in an oncoming traffic lane. Yeah. Yeah, that was scary. That was that was scary. Yeah, but nobody got hit by a car, to my knowledge, over the summer. Okay. Which is awesome. Good news, yeah. Yeah, yeah always a plus. <laughs> and so... Uh, so uh, so you you finish that uh, and you know and you've done all the preparation you've raised the money and and the, and and I keep referencing that Atlas ride the Atlas ride is the first leg and it's kind of a it's really just a loop ride where the family and everybody kind of sees the the group off right and, that's right uh, and uh, and how are you feeling then how was I feeling then excited for the summer of course right. yeah well, I mean no no nerves no like holy crap no that's not me yeah okay. Oh, I mean, I was just eager, eager just to like, get yeah, started. Like, yeah, yeah, I was just trying to keep up with this guy. <laughs> yeah, Tony was going pretty fast. Yeah, um, and I just read like seventy-five miles before. I think that was the deal. Yeah, the day before yeah. I was, yeah, I was all was sore. I'm getting on the bike. By the way, your legs never don't feel sore during the summer. Like right. maybe, okay. maybe after a month of doing it, they start to recover and they, they start to feel normal again. But it, it took me a while before I was like, oh, yeah. okay, this is this feels good. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're okay here. I, I gotta say something about that route because we did a double loop and it just mm-hmm. seemed like it was all downhill. Like a, like a lot of it was just downhill you yeah. know it was that I, I would go back and do that ride again that's a, nice it's a great ride, ride. Yeah. it's a great ride yeah mm-hmm. and uh, scenic and uh, and also i was going to comment on your training rides uh most of them were around austin right all around austin hilly yeah. freaking very hilly, hilly. Yeah. very hilly yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that century was 
I want to say six thousand feet of elevation. That is a monster. Yeah, which is mm. a lot of elevation. For was it uh, was it pretty much over the whole hundred, or was there a period that was a little bit some more than less? Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Uh, there were parts that we did twice that were particularly hilly, and that was always psychologically like just so terrible <laughs> because you'd be like, There's... "All right, all right, we've done it." But then uh, this is mile twenty, not mile eighty. We're gonna come back and do it again. Oh <laughs> shit! Yeah. I know that. I know that feeling. Yeah, yeah. I, I know the whole uh, like. Uh, I, that's why I don't like out and backs because uh, anytime you do go, roll down a hill on an out, yeah, you know you're you coming back and you're gonna have to go. But up the it. worst part is down. you never went down that hilly section. You just came down the elevation a different way. Oh, but you just, you're going well, back to it again. Yeah. I, you know, and anytime I map a ride out, and again here we go digressing. Anytime I map a ride out, it, it always looks like a like on the <laughs> elevation, it always looks like a V or a U, which means that uh-huh. I am going to go down. And then I'm going to go up, and I'm always like, oh, "Why am I doing mm. this to myself?" It is just a, yeah. it is a pain. But the two things I don't like is when you round a corner and you see a hill. I don't like that. That always is a little bit of a, and I also don't like it when there's like a really like the the ride I just got done doing. There's I hate it when you see that, and you probably saw this a lot riding through the middle of the country, where you have that straightaway that goes to the horizon, and you're mm. just thinking, "I'm going to be on this road for a while." Yeah. You know, it's a little bit. A little bit like, and yeah, you're probably on motorcycles too. You're probably aware. Well, it's a lot different because you yeah. know, yeah, it's it's motorcycling, <laughs> right? But I used to run five k's and ten k's, and and um, it was the same deal. You know, mm-hmm. I, the the thing that I hated it was one thing to turn the corner and you see the hill. What I hated is that you get in the zone and you're not paying attention. You're actually feeling right. really good and you're running, and all of a sudden you're like, "Why am I feeling so tired?" Oh shit, that's because I'm climbing this hill. Yeah, and you're yeah. At the top, you're like, oh crap! I still got all that to go. You I'm know? Like, Do you have a flat tire? What's yeah. going on exactly. here? Well, oh no, a- the road's just going up. Yes, <laughs> and, 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 and somebody hates me up there because there's a headwind too. You know, yeah. so mm. yeah. But yeah. Uh, so uh, so you, you you leave the Atlas and you start heading towards Houston. And and one thing to comment on: this was like the hottest summer ever How yeah brutal. day two my tires started sizzling and popping you are on, freaking kidding on the pavement yeah that was a rough day that was going into college station that was one of the stops that we made right and tires started popping uh we stopped for a second and then i was like why why is my foot wet and it was my shoes the rubber on my shoes was melting on the asphalt wow wow yeah and yeah, so it was a very hot summer. It's officially hot. And, and yeah. yeah, no doubt. And so and so you and as far as like cycling kit, which is your shoes and your 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 bit and you wore bibs, like you said, and you and uh chamois bit, you know, has a chamois and you wore the jersey. Did you have did you just seventy days, like you're hiking the Appalachian Trail kind of thing, that was what you wore? Or did you did you got were you did you may have just one pair of shoes the whole ride? Uh well I'd stuff to wear on rest days and where I was off the bike, if that's gotcha. what you're asking. Yeah. Right? And and, and, uh, and did, did I mean I guess I'm just curious did you did you have two sets of everything one set of everything for your kit Yeah that's that's a great question because you get tired of wearing the same thing all the time right. so I had like off the bike I would have two tank tops that I was infamous for wearing by mm-hmm. the way everybody knew like their entire wardrobe because you only bring a couple things sure, yeah. so I had like two tank tops a polo for um, whenever we were doing one of those programs to sponsors or to hospitals I had one pair of shorts no mm-hmm. pants so like three or four pairs of socks and then some sneaks. I wish I'd brought sandals, but I didn't. I wish I brought pants because we'll probably get into this later, but in Canada, the mosquitoes are the worst. Yeah. So they're they like, just bit up my legs. It was yeah, terrible. They're like it, hawks. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're like hummingbirds. They're like yeah. actual wow. birds. But as far as um, the kit goes, I had three chamois and I had three jerseys that I wore. Oh. Yeah. And some 20. of them, <laughs> yeah. What? All, all 22. Because you told me that you had previous years but you always wore a 22 jersey well that's the thing we weren't supposed to wear 21 jerseys because our sponsors change Mm -hmm. and so that would be um disrespectful to them but 
I ended up finding one inside the trailer that I hadn't brought with me, and I was like, my jerseys are so dirty. Mm. And I just like, <laughs> and this has been in the lost and found for so long. <laughs> so yeah, I started wearing it. It was it was nice because it's made for better pictures. Uh, right. I, you saw what I was wearing earlier yeah, yeah, today. Yeah. It's just like ratty. It has stains all over it from all kinds of things by grease right. and so on. Right. So that's, that's what I ended up doing. That's okay. I yeah. mean, I was curious, yeah. you know. And, uh, and backing up here, I'm sorry. There's another question I wanted to ask. I was going to ask it now. And you had two routes, and one you did. They did Sierra or Rockies this year. We did Sierra this year. Sierra, and you did uh, Ozarks. Ozark. Mm-hmm. So Sierra runs along the Pacific Coast, correct? That's correct. Yeah. So it goes up one on one up through up through San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, and then up into Canada. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, did you did you want to do Ozark or did you? No, my first choice was Sierra, then Rockies, then Ozarks. Okay. And what happened is I was offered the position of equipment and gear chair, mm-hmm. which means I'd be kind of like the route mechanic. Right. I'd be responsible for the trailer having everything in it. I'd be somewhat responsible for the trailer and the vans being taken care of on the route. And I said, okay, this leadership position is worth not getting to go through the Grand Canyon or the Grand Tetons or like mm. you know what, whatever the big attraction is for whichever route. Right. And yeah, I think it was the right call for me because it mm-hmm. did make my experience more meaningful. Really? Okay. Yeah. And and also, uh, you you mentioned that you do have days in the SAG. And SAG right. is SAG is support and gear. You guys a day in the support and gear vehicle. We did about one day a week in support and gear, and we did one day a week on rest days. So, for instance, whenever we went to New Orleans, Houston, St. Louis, Chicago, we just took a day off. Okay. So you're biking about five days a week. Great. Great. Okay. Wow. Yeah. How many uh, average hours a day? Average hours, yeah. uh, so it'd be ninety miles in about nine to ten hours on the bike. Okay, five days a week. Five days a week. Oof. Yeah, right. and and so right out of the gate, like ninety five hundred degree days. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. headwind, tailwind. Not a lot of wind early on. The wind really gets you in North Dakota, South Dakota, Manitoba, Saskatchewan. Okay. And those were some of the worst days because you can't really talk to anybody. Mm. Like whenever it's really hot, you can at least play music and talk to people and you're uncomfortable, but you know, you're still having a pretty good time. Mm-hmm. Out there on the headwinds were the worst because you'd just be hunkering down. And also that's harder on your body mm-hmm. because you're just in one position the entire time. You don't want to get up off the drops. Or like you don't want to get your head up too high because the wind starts hitting you. So you don't move around as much as you usually do. Right. You're not reaching for water as much as you usually do. You're just kind of like taking it for five hours, just mm. like getting hit in the face of that wind. Right. So those were the most psychologically difficult days by far. Okay. I can relate to that on a motorcycle. When it, when there's a crosswind on a motorcycle, I am not having fun. It's sure. just, yeah, you're leaning over 10 degrees and you're still getting blown into the other lane and it's it's just tense the whole time. Right. It's not nice, relaxed. Line, yeah. Very know. stressful. Yeah, yeah there, there's a, I can tell you, like on a bike, there's a few times, like we're, I, w- I was talking to one of my friends this weekend about this, is that there's definitely times where it's like you're you're kind of low, you're task loaded is what I refer mm-hmm. to it as, where you're like, hey, there's just so much going on that you're just like, I just need to, you know. I need to get off the bike. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, so, uh, so you're heading out to Houston, head out to New Orleans. So uh, during that early time with it hot and everything like that, were you just committed? Were you ever like, what did I sign up for or what? <laughs> you know, I remember reminiscing with one of my friends on the drive back. And by the way, the drive back was awesome because you get 10 hours, 15 hours in a car with people who've gone what you've gone through. It's awesome. So you yeah. just get to process it and talk about the highs and lows and things like that. Right. But I was talking to somebody and we're just going day by day how the ride had gone for us. And I remember thinking, 
wow, that stretch they were coming on New Orleans, that was really, really hard. And in the moment, it didn't feel like it. But in retrospect, it was just one thing after another that was very difficult for me. Like what? Uh, yeah, so let me tell that series of stories here. One was that coming on New Orleans, I was on SAG. And the van broke down in some little town in Mississippi. And the brand, this is the van that tows the trailer. And we're broke down like in the middle of an intersection. So oh, I'm geez. over here just like calling um, the director of the program, trying to figure things out. And the person who was riding with me, he got out of the van and uh, just like kind of directing traffic, which God bless him because, oh my God, was, was that a stressful moment? Mess yeah. And uh, we ended up getting it towed away and we had to go find something else to tow the trailer for us. And uh, by the time I got in that night, it was like 10 p.m. And um, I just like hadn't eaten anything, hadn't drink anything and the next day we had 140 mile ride oh god 140 mile 140 ride? miles through really really humid hot mississippi weather 140 miles yes and like you were gonna have to ride the next day and i was riding the next day so son of a bitch. i got on the bike and about 50 miles in we hit our first gravel spot <laughs> were, no, you, uh, were you like were you like uh you win cancer <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah the running joke is we're fighting cancer but cancer's fighting back yeah, yeah. No shit man yeah we hit that gravel and we're like what do we do with this and so uh, we, yeah. we, we oh back on it and we went really slow and that i mean riding slow on gravel is so tough because it you're is. slipping and sliding and yeah. nobody there's comfortable so everybody's anxious those, we, those are not gravel bikes either they're even, not, not even, the road even, bikes. even gravel bikes are not great on gravel right yeah but you know, nobody felt sure on their feet the way that they did towards the end but by the end of it it's like i saw sure. a little gravel i'm like ah oh, whatever i saw five like if i do five miles of gravel it's not a big deal for me right. anymore right depending on how how loose the gravel is of course, of course. right yeah. but we're doing this gravel and it's like uphill downhill <laughs> we're like just trying to, right. to keep it together and um, that that was the moment whenever my hands start cramping, and then twenty miles later, my feet start cramping, and then ten miles after that, like both my calf and my uh, tibia start cramping. Oh, and uh, I'm just on the bike. And it, well, what had happened is because I didn't drink any water the day before, because I was, oh, cause cause I was stressed out about stressed the van out. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, my muscles were were completely depleted, and. Uh, so I, I like down a whole bunch of electrolytes that didn't help. And uh, by the end of it, like mile 120 to 140, I was just like, I can only go this fast. I can't like flex my calf muscle. Oh, I was I was scared that it was going to like start cramping in my quad and cramping right. in my stomach and stuff. It was just going to go full body on me. Right, right. And it didn't happen, fortunately. But uh, so that night, I mean, the pain continues because yeah. that night they had, um, <laughs> we had gotten... Uh, a big thing of tamales donated and these were like these are like not your ordinary tamales these were like <laughs> thick tamales like uh, beefy greasy tamales and uh, we had a you you were in mississippi we were in mississippi mississippi tamales mississippi tamales <laughs> yeah and we had Eat those things grant <laughs> we had this girl on the team from mexico and she says grant those those tamales like <laughs> Those are not right. <laughs> They're way too big. They're too greasy. Like this and that. Like those. Those are not tamales. Green. I'm like, I don't care. Like I'm gonna eat them. I mean, so hungry. Oh, man. You really oh, have been through. Series of bad decisions. I thought I was gonna die that night. <laughs> <laughs> My stomach hurt so badly. So I, yeah. I was like 8 p.m. I roll over a trash can. We're taking a YMCA. Yeah. Which I've explained where we sleep usually, but it's at various host locations. So okay. these can be YMCA's, they can be churches, they can be people's homes. Right. Uh, always super grateful to them, had only good experiences with them. But that yeah. night we're sitting at YMCA and I roll over a trash can to where I was sleeping on the floor of this gym. And I just like, for me, it's lights out. Everybody else, you go, you keep eating whatever right. you're eating right. and, and having fun, but I'm, I'm done. 
And um, I I swore I was going to throw up that night. I, I just knew it was going to happen, but it didn't. It didn't. So I woke right. up the next day. I was like, oh, thank God I'm all right. Uh, time to get on the bike for a 100-mile day. And it was like 100 miles, and it was just one road. It was just one, one road. And it was so hot, and we always... Like, we can refer back to, hey, do you remember the 140-mile day? Every, even though we had multiple 140-mile days, right. it's like you know what they're talking about. Yes, so this right. is that day that I went through where I started cramping and mm-hmm. other people right. had other experiences. Right. Or like, do you know, that day actually was 90 miles. It was 100 miles. So do you know the 90-mile day? It's like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was the day after the 140-mile day. Right. And we did that. And it was like, I didn't cramp that day because I was very particular about how much water I was drinking. But, oh, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'd say two thoughts. Uh, one. Like what you're talking about before, I, like I've I've been there, and I, I refer to that as, and, and this is not my term. One of my friends mentioned this to me. He actually, he might hear hear this because I know he he listens to the podcast, but he refers to that as pedal limping, like like uh, only using the weight of your legs to make the pedals go up and down. Pedal limping just because mm. you're so exhausted, mm. and it's interesting because I know you have a heart rate monitor, right? Mm-hmm. And you know it'll get to the point where you know, you can't exert yourself anymore because your heart won't beat any faster. Like in other words, like you, you'll, you'll say, I need to, I need to crank. And then you, you just, you're, you can't do it. You like can't, you, yeah. yeah. You look down, your heart rate's like 148 and it's like, that's it. That's as fast as it'll go, you know, because it's all done. But the other thing I was going to say about this is that, uh, we live in a world where everybody expects to be comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, and almost to, 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 to make other people uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They just expect comfort. I respect that, what you've done, mm-hmm. only because, because you've, you've experienced discomfort that, and you, and you faced it and you pushed yeah. through real, it. Real discomfort. Real discomfort. Self-induced. Even. Self-induced, pushed yeah. through yeah. real discomfort. Without you know, and just and, and and came out the other end of it. Yeah, now so, can joke about it. Yeah, yeah. So many people in this world would never have done that, man. Well, I was going to say that sounds rough. It's, it sounds almost as bad as the time I was on a motorcycle trip and I ran out of Dr Pepper. <laughs> I'm just like that, <laughs> was, a, oh, that was a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. He told me about this like three times. <laughs> yeah. He had to get a diet Dr Pepper. Oh no! Yeah, it was almost the end for me. I it was it was a fountain Dr Pepper. Yeah. It didn't even taste like Dr. Di- <laughs> not even as good as diet Dr Pepper. I can't even imagine. I never wanted a motorcycle more than yeah. the end of the summer. <laughs> Keep twisting the damn throttle. So, that old. sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. <laughs> you see people on those Harleys out there? I'm yeah. like, they look cool. Yeah. Like, and these oh, are, they're not yeah. working as hard you, as I am. I yeah. got to tell you, actually, okay, digress. Okay. Digress. Okay. I got to digress just for a minute. Uh, we're. I was talking to, again, one of my friends the other day about uh, Harley Davidson. And it what was it? AMF? Uh, like yeah sorry i was taking a drink yeah amf yeah. bailed out harley back in the day in the 80s a- amf is the people that make uh bowling balls bowling balls yeah. and and so doug used to have a I uh, did. had an amf harley and what did people say ask you um i'm lost no we'll... no you told me one time that that he would ride up in that amf harley and and people would say hey did you get three free games with oh, that three game, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and no joke it said amf on it, it did i've it seen said, it yeah, yeah. And it yeah. was a little sportster 1000 cc sportster yeah that's that was an embarrassing period in harley's life huh. well so. they saved them they did yeah saved yeah. them. they're still around now and they're doing pretty good now I they think, are so, yeah. so uh so, anyway. all right sorry and no, then no. back on track yeah. uh so i got i got the question oh shit i know this is the I'm question worried. i know there there we we go. feel like we're on the view right now i know so <laughs> What, uh, How do you make your man happy? <laughs> I'm skipping that one. What uh, your your favorite stop? Favorite pit stop? Stop over 
um, out of you, you've stopped at many. What, what did you say? Seventy days. Seventy days. So yeah. out of those roughly seventy days, what do you think was your favorite like stopover point? There's a lot of ways that I could take this. Like one is, what are the rides I remember coming into these places? Because it's hard to uh, take those apart in my mind. But you know, the funny thing about that is actually the hardest rides are the ones that you remember the best. So sure. like the 140 mile day is one of my favorite days because okay. that's the day I really started to bond with a particular teammate of mine. Okay. I heard all about her life story and she heard about mine. Okay. So nice. I'll, I'll forever remember that ride as cool. one of my favorites, yeah. despite the pain. Um, in terms of like nightlife, New Orleans takes the cake. Oh, know? really? That was one of the first days that we started to bond as a team is going out to Bourbon Street. Okay. And, you know, a couple of days ago, we had a big celebration of the ride at somebody's house. Okay. And this was the same house where we had done like uh, a spring break ride um, back in spring break. So, okay. and thinking about how the dynamics of the group has changed since spring break to now, mm-hmm. the same thing happens in, in my memory throughout those summers. I can see us growing closer and uh, New Orleans was one of those moments for us where we were closer then than we had been in Houston and we were much closer in Canada. In terms of the city itself, I'd have to go with Chicago. Chicago is really, really, really? cool. Yeah, because the architecture was just phenomenal. And biking okay. through it, it's like you get a little tour as you're coming into the city. Okay, how how cool. do you go right through downtown Chicago? We did. Uh, that day was so chaotic. Um, <laughs> we were supposed to go on like 40 miles of bike path before we got into the city itself. Okay. And it ended me in um, 40 miles of gravel bike path instead of uh, paved bike path. Loose gravel or Loose, loose oh, gravel. that blows. And so we got off of it, went on some gravel back roads that were more tightly packed, and that's what we ended up doing. And then we got into uh chicago proper and we had like this weird situation where somebody had left the keys to the sag van and uh they were supposed like so they left the keys to the sag van in like a park and which had been a rest stop and then they drove off to chick-fil-a to get chick-fil-a donated and they realized that they had left the the keys over there because one of those push to start cars mm-hmm. you mean oh so they oh they okay. realized they left the keys back there the, which they had driven away the keys to actually start to, the thing so they had already started it but so they it left like the proximity keys on, key it was like proximity key okay. exactly. you're yeah. kidding. and so they had to uber back to get the keys, oh, and, then, awesome. and then they were back to the Chick Fil A. Oh my god! And then they were they're in the. I didn't realize this for a while. Like days afterwards, they had like told us some BS about like, oh, Chick Fil A is taking forever the orders oh, or something yeah. like Sorry, that. You guys, Sorry, you guys, your lunch. So we're sitting there's like three thirty, four p.m. Like where, where are these people? And then they then they finally drive back with the Chick Fil A, and then then we go on with the rest of our ride in Chicago. By the way, crazy places to bike through, especially if you're not familiar with the city. Sure, uh-huh. I bet. Like the. The navigation system was telling us, turn left onto Avenue F. I'm like, where's Avenue F? Like, I only see, like, 21st Street or whatever. Right, right. And it's, like, this, this like, little avenue where you're in between houses. And uh, there's no cars there. It's just, like, people uh-huh. walking around. You're like, okay, I guess that's what we're doing now. Okay. But whenever we got into downtown, funny thing is that uh, the, the person from Mexico, actually, really sweet girl, she said, uh, and this was so shocked to me because I, I never... Uh, I never ridden with her and she'd done anything like this. She said, Hey Grant, um, can we be a car? I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? She's like, I got somewhere to be at seven. Like, can we just like get in, get into like the, the lane, just like go really fast, like double pace this. And I'm like, okay, sure. And sure. So, so we're going like 25 miles per hour down some downtown street. <laughs> and just to Chicago. explain the double pace is, is two riders next to each other. Right. Yeah. Two abreast. Okay. Um, and that was, that was a phenomenal ride. Phenomenal city to bike through. And you're banging yeah. at 25. Yeah, we're just going like 25 miles an hour. Like the, nice. We're going like the same speed as the cars at that point. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that was really fun, and uh, we must had a great time in Chicago. Must have been flat? flat? Yeah, flat. Okay. Well, Chicago's flat as a pancake. Okay. Uh, so two days after that, we had a rest day in Chicago. We had a 160-mile ride, which was our challenge day. Right. It was like 
if you can do this, like, well, like, good on you. Like, this is this is so difficult was the way that we're thinking about it. And we started at, like, 5 in the morning. And that day, everybody finished. But it was one of the hardest days that we had had the entire summer. And this is another ride that I would say I think back on as one of my favorites, even though it was really difficult. And that was into Madison, Wisconsin, which is another place that I loved. Okay. Nice. So, I have to ask, though, before uh-huh. we get too far ahead here, the person that, like, left the keys did, was were you guys kind about oh, that? Oh, okay. So we had this little tradition that okay. was called the liability of the day. And, and, and real quick, before you go too far, uh-huh. this is a podcast. Go. So I just want to make sure you don't say anything that you're like, you're like, this person listened to it and they're like, I can't believe you said that, Grant. Oh, yeah. no, no, it's fine. Yeah, okay, it's okay, fine. Okay, it's completely cool, fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the liability of the day comes from the previous year. There had been a person on the team that everybody called the liability. And he come, he came to stake to us um, <laughs> before we went off on the ride. Everybody why do, from, why do I think that either you or I would be the liability guy on every ride? Oh, for I sure, know, Tony. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might just be your new yeah. nickname. Yeah, the liability. The liability. Yeah, I don't know. What does that mean? Uh, maybe mm-hmm. I would be, maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. Well, it was really cool. So at Alice, the uh, day before, we had all these alumni come speak to us. Okay. And like the entire Ozarks team came to talk to us. Right. Like cool. all 23, like people flew in from like Washington, D.C. Wow. or like Alaska, wow. like all over the place. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so they came to talk to us and... Somebody explained, among other traditions, that he had been called the liability the entire summer. And the reason for that is that he was, like, the person most likely to um, forget his water bottle at a rest oh, stop or sure. to uh, wake up with a hangover or be grumpy, like, right. like whatever it is. Um, so we, we were like, that's that's a little toxic. Like, we don't want to have somebody single as a liability. Like, we'll just, like, not do that tradition. And then come 20 days later, 15 days later, whatever it was, we decided that in addition to the rider of the day tradition, which we had, which mm-hmm. is in the morning whenever... We're about to go on a ride. We dubbed somebody. You're the rider of the day. You get to wear this American vest, which was super okay. patriotic oh, yeah, yeah. and so fun to ride through the South with, by the way. Right. You I get bet. Up. It's a hoot yeah. Polish, yeah. Yeah. Like you, you wave at people. They will wave back. Right. They're yeah. so excited to see somebody in American vest biking along the road. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, in addition to that, we'd have the liability of the day. And originally, the symbol of this, the token that you had to bear was this little like plastic cockroach that somebody's parents <laughs> gave them. And you like put them on your, your jersey. By the way, I was... Um, I was both the first rider of the day for our team. That was the first day of the ride and the first liability of the day. Okay. As it turns out, I just realized that actually. What did you do to deserve the liability? Well, what did I do to deserve rider of the day? Um, I'm just that cool, but that's the question you should be asking. Yeah, I already knew the answer. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so now, now get back on fucking track, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, he smells blood. Man. We're we're the podcast here, Grant. Okay. okay. <laughs> what I had see? done is I had taken the van to an ice cream shop oh, right. without telling like any of the leadership team or like anybody else. And I, I was like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. give me some ice cream. Because okay, what happened is uh, the person <laughs> the person that I alluded to a couple times earlier, sweetest girl, uh, she had said, hey, like, can we get ice cream? And I was like. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, we're gonna be late to this thing, so we can't tell anybody. But like, <laughs> let's let's do it. So my van of like fifteen people went off and got ice cream. The other van was like waiting at the church that we're staying at that night. It's like, um, like where is everybody? We have a meeting. <laughs> you got you got your chocolate dip cone. That's yeah, right. I, I had a great time. All over your yeah. Face, yeah, that's a beautiful story. Yeah. So that next morning, I got called out for it, and I was like, I'm not a liability. I'm an asset. Just like not to you. Yeah. <laughs> Just like yeah, everybody right. well, else. I, Selective I, asset. Again, yeah. again, to digress, the ride the ride <laughs> I just did, which was a large group ride. Talking about that, like I was actually riding, and I was trying to do something with the water. And, and of course, there's a it's like a peloton, right, where there's a ton of riders, and uh, 
because you mentioned I might be a liability. And I pulled a water bottle out. And, this, and of course, water bottles in the road are not a safe thing. And I, and I flip and drop my water bottle, man. And I reach for the other one. And I pulled it out and I dropped it. I dropped oh, both Jesus. my water bottles wow. like, within like 25 feet of each other and pulled. And usually people just leave them. But I was like, no. So I pulled my bike over my back. Well, yeah, because you need the water. I mean, I, and that was another. Honestly, yeah. they're, they're, you know, and to sound like I'm a cheap bastard, they're, they weren't cheap water bottles. So I was mm-hmm. like, I went back and got them. But most people just leave them out there, you know. So anyway. Mm. So uh, back. So you, you, and, and I know we're jumping around here on the ride a little bit, but I want to make sure we don't leave anything out. So you, you went from Houston uh, or from College Station, Houston, I guess, around there, out to New Orleans, started heading north. Right. And, and, if, and still, and still, you're still getting blasted by heat. You're right. doing crazy rides. Before we leave the south, if I can add one more thing to the mm-hmm. list of favorite places that we went. Yeah, one was, and this goes in the category of favorite hosts. Uh huh. This was in Paducah, Kentucky. Okay, small yeah. town. So, uh, and, and again, I, I will get. So, it seems like you're kind of heading over a little, even more uh, east. Oh yeah, we go all over the place. We went yeah. to because um, Kentucky. I'm thinking as you go north, you go through Mississippi, Arkansas, all that kind of stuff. Well, but Kentucky, to, Kentucky is really wide, east right. to west. Like, it's a like, long, like, wide, skinny like Tennessee, state. right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And in fact, we go to Memphis too. Oh, I love right. Memphis. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so Paducah, Kentucky, small town, and the host we are staying at, they were part of a program in 2000 or 2008, something okay. like that. Which was to get artists to come live in the ghetto of Paducah. Okay. And they had completely redone their homes and turned it into this very eclectic, very interesting art galleries. Right. And places where they sell art and make art and they have studios. And so we stayed with them for um, for the night. And we had done this like many years in a row. So they, okay. were, they were another one of those historic hosts and they were always happy to have us. And they would split us up among these different families. So the host that I stayed with, he was a sculptor. He had like sculptures on his walls he had like poetry on his walls he was a really cool guy we sat down we like we tasted bourbon with him and it was just myself and uh, my friend dominic who who did that so it was like everybody went off and they had these cool experiences with their hosts Mm -hmm. and everybody had different experiences and then we came back and we got to share and talk about it and in fact that dinner that night was one of my favorites for that reason but also because all these hosts uh, had made homemade meals for us cool so we had like this Thanksgiving kind of potluck situation. Oh, and cool. It just tasted very nostalgic and like home. Yeah. And whenever you're on the road, it's like it's nice to taste home. Yeah, better yeah. Than, better yeah. than cold Chick Fil A. Yes, right. Much or, better than cold Chick Fil A. Again, like everybody else is sitting around while you're eating ice cream. <laughs> no, I was gonna say so, not quite as good as ice cream. Right. Ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Some girl asks, "Can we get ice cream?" And Grant just goes full on mush. Nah, you bet. nah. I don't think you deserve ice cream. <laughs> We're staying here. I make the calls here. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> who's, got the, who's got the keys? I, I don't leave these keys at a park. Yeah, I know right. exactly what I'm doing. So, uh, so, so you, you, uh, Kentucky. So let's go through the states here. So you got Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, heading north. Uh, right above Mississippi mm-hmm. is uh, Kentucky. Is that Kentucky? That's Arkansas. Arkansas. Right? Yeah. Ar- yeah. Arkansas, and then Tennessee. Yep. Kentucky. Kentucky. Right. Okay. And so far, and, and, and how's the heat? Heat's coming down a little bit, I guess. Heat's still pretty high in Kentucky. I'd say it starts coming down in like Illinois. And hilly yeah. too, by the way. The, Kentucky's yeah. Some a, parts of Kentucky. Kentucky's yeah. a little hilly. Yeah, yeah. Arkansas's a little hilly. It wasn't that bad though. Uh, hills more prevalent in like Wisconsin, which is right. where we went after Illinois. Okay. Madison. Mm-hmm. Right. And that ride was the 160 mile ride. The day after that, we were supposed to do 120. God, and I like, man. I like actually had a limp uh, after the 160 mile ride. My yeah. left calf was so tight that I could barely walk. Son of a and um, fortunately or unfortunately, the trailer broke down that morning. 
Oh, and so we, so we kind of canceled the ride. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, we had lots of vehicle issues this summer. <clears throat> Both rides did. And you were like, oh, shit. Yeah. Anybody want to go to the mall? Yeah. <laughs> no, I like fell asleep in a parking lot of a Walgreens that day. We were like, um, so wait, what? So we're like doing the ride and we get a call that's like, hey, you need to stop. Like this, the trailer's not going to get there whenever you get to the finish line. It sounds a little bit like it should be homeless people against cancer. Yeah, something like that. That's what it feels like sometimes. No, I was, I was just like, thinking the other direction. I was thinking like, maybe we should reach out to corporate America like Ford or Chevrolet and get them I know, to donate big, a brand new vehicle. I know. Oh, my God. Yeah, we could use it. It's yeah. true. We could. Yeah. Okay. Uh, those Anybody, vans did not last long. Any they Ford executives that want to uh, well, donate a, an F-150 Lightning and prove how far that electric vehicle can go, I guess that's the perfect I, spot for I guess it. that's the question. Is the vehicle, is that like a vehicle that just gets carried year by year? Or do you guys rent it or what? The trailers we carry year to year the vans okay. we rent really yes so we had a mercedes sprinter that had oh. just passengers in it great van hmm. I bet. new van like almost no miles on it okay wow, cool that worked the entire entire summer the other was like some ford from probably like 2008 something like that mm. like a piece of shit yeah garbage and gotcha. tony, tony can i digress for a second go ahead did we not just do a podcast not long ago where i said i'm over american cars yeah we did. I think See, you say that on every this, podcast. This kind of this kind of underlines that. So anyway, it does. carrying on, moving yeah. on. Well, yeah. Well, he said it was like a 2008. Yeah, it was old shit. Yeah. 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 The German car kept going. Just saying. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> how about that ice cream? <laughs> so we did. Um, we did a U-Haul for like five days uh-huh. uh, in Arkansas, right. <laughs> and um, that worked out all right. And we eventually replaced it with a Chevy that got us through the rest of the summer. Sierra, whenever their van broke down, they got a truck. And so they had like some like a ram or something. Okay. And that worked pretty well for them. But funny enough, on the ride back, we picked up their van again because apparently the rental agency wanted us to do this and take mm-hmm. it back to America. Okay. Like, okay, we'll do that. And then going through Utah, we we're on our way to the Grand Tetons. Mm-hmm. It broke down on actually the side of a mountain. So wow. we had to call a tow truck to tow us there. Mm-hmm. And that was very, very frustrating. Okay. As you can imagine. Mm-hmm. So so, uh, also, uh, you, you mentioned Sierra. Were you guys communicating with Sierra while you were riding? Communicating minimally. Um, not because there's any distaste between the two groups, necessarily, but because you're so busy. Right. And some people did more than others, right? Because more people had friends. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I guess that's the thing, because you're riding as a group early on, training with everybody. Right, yeah, so you, you know, know everybody. You yeah. know everybody, yeah. Right. And and, uh, and so, the, so, pretty much, you ride 100, you know, 60 80 120 miles 140 miles holy crap uh, in one day and then you get to where you're going to be and they may take you to a children's hospital for you guys to talk to everybody about your mission exactly mm-hmm. okay and you would do that and sometimes you would stay at a you know ymca you may stay at a, a host house how often were you at host house versus like in the gymnasium of a church i can tell you exactly but it felt like half and half okay and in canada we camped a lot more camped and, and sierra camped a lot more in general they camped in the united states we, yeah, and, yeah. And, and no one and only because i've talked to other people that have done <clears> this uh i know the whole sierra thing and and you know and I, and I think in a way i mean who the hell knows right i mean everybody's got their own opinion but i know the sierra has to ride from uh, from uh texas to california and so they go through some pretty Right, there's uh, a lot of desert there. A lot of desert. Yes. They, they, they ride the, uh, extra, well, they, they have ridden the, like the extraterrestrial highway, for example, which I, I've driven, and it's uh, it's pretty remote and pretty mm-hmm. hot, you know, pretty dry. That's I've, rough. Made, I've yeah. made that, I couldn't tell you how many times I've done that. Yeah, and, and you can just imagine riding a bike across yeah, that? No, no, it's crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so either way, I mean, and, and 
you, you kind of take it, you, you know, you take it as a as a whole. You know what I mean? Like, sure. yeah. and I think you, you, any ride would have been epic. You know, epic in, in its own ways. So, uh, so you're moving through the country. You go through through Kentucky, all up. You go to Illinois, uh, and uh, things kind of cool off a little bit. You go through Chicago, and uh, and what happens from there? Chicago, we go to Madison. Like I said, that was a hundred six mile ride, and you loved it. And it was so easy. No, it was terrible. It was a hard, hard ride. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what happened is we did the first 100 miles before 11 a.m. It okay. felt incredible. We're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, we're so good. We're so Did, athletic, did you just whatever. say you did the first 100 before 11? Yes. Wait, I think it was like 11, maybe 11.30, something like that. What Definitely time did you before start? noon, though. We started, we woke up at like 3.30 and we started at 5. Oh, okay. Because I was like, yeah. dude, that's cooking. Yeah. That was, yeah, that got to be like a six hour century. That's pretty fast. Yeah. It was well, really, you know how I feel about that. But it was really flat, too. Yeah. That was part of it. And the winds were minimal. And okay. then whenever we got into uh, like into Wisconsin, mm-hmm. it started getting hillier. The winds got worse. And I had done this with two of my best friends on the ride, and we were switching out like every several miles. Mm-hmm. Usually, the ride groups are between three and six people. A mm-hmm. uh, disadvantage of having smaller ride groups is that you switch off less whenever you're taking wind. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of got bit in the butt on that because once the winds got worse, we were just we were just hitting our heads against the wall on that. Mm-hmm. So how f- did you get a uh, uh, speed on the winds? Oh, I don't know. Uh, the worst winds we had were 30 miles per hour, and that was in North Dakota. That's crushing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that day, if memory serves, it probably was about 14 or 15. That's what it felt like at least. Gotcha. Yeah, and headwinds that day. What was your speed? Um, I don't know. You're such yeah. a nerd, Tony. What was your speed? I could look it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, well, he could look it up. Yeah. Well, Tony, you're yeah, a nerd. I could look it up. You're a nerd. And dude. you're a nerd, man. Yeah. I am a nerd. Yeah. I'm in a room full <laughs> of nerds. We're both nerds, so. It's true. Hey, this is just cycling lingo. Yeah, sorry, I, I get I it. You. you know, no, so, yeah. Carry on. Mm-hmm. But, uh, sorry. I'm, I'm so, but again. I know, I know. I you're it. into it, dude. I am totally into it. Yeah, so, uh, so, uh, yeah, and you get through Wisconsin into north and south of North Dakota. That's right. We spent one day in South Dakota and a couple of days in North Dakota. And where you mentioned you stopped in Houston, New Orleans. Where mm-hmm. are the, what other stops did you have where Ooh. you had a day off? Yeah, Memphis, St. Louis, Chicago. And before you go too far, we'll go one at a time. What did you do in Memphis? Memphis, we went to see the Bass Pro Shop. Oh. Of course you did. Yeah, at the, at the pyramid. The, in the pyramid. pyramid. Yeah, yeah okay. eighth wonder of the world, right? Right on. Yeah, that was crazy. We went to see. Uh, Elvis's place, Graceland. Did you, I love Graceland? Did what'd you think? Oh, I was hugely disappointed. Why? Uh, we couldn't go in. Oh, well, that oh, makes well. sense. Well, yeah. there you go. We we had like five minutes there for uh, one. I almost got thrown out of Graceland. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, public nudity. I'll get you. Hear, no, no. Hear, okay, okay, Paul Simon song oh, coming. Okay, let's just go. Let's go and stress. This isn't all about you. Let me tell my story. Okay? <laughs> we'll get back to we'll get back to you in just a minute. So I was I was uh, there with some friends. That's how we treat guests on this podcast. <laughs> so, I, okay, Grant, I need you to shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can you go get my whiskey? Yeah, right. I'll refill. be right back. You'll love this. Anyway, uh, you, can, you can listen to it later. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, 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 uh, so, no, I, I went there with some friends when I was, and uh, we, we were at a conference. And uh, for one, let me just be real clear. I was, I, when you said that you weren't impressed, I was like, okay, because uh, then you said you couldn't, didn't go in. It kind of made sense. I really liked Graceland. I've never been a fan of Elvis. I mean, not like, I, I respect Elvis, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go into Graceland, and suddenly you're like, I kind of get Elvis, right? I kind of get why. For one, for one, he never wrote any of his music. Okay, uh, everything he sang, mm-hmm. other people wrote, right? Mm-hmm. But he was popular from like 1950 something to like 1970 something, yeah, yeah, something like that, right? And uh, that guy, you know, and again, I, I, I'm going to quote my grandmother here. Uh, he had more uh, 
gold records than a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Okay, the guy just had boatloads of gold. I mean, like mm-hmm. so many records in a very short period of time. And plus, it just seemed like he, you know, just had, you know, had, you know, like, like he just had his world, and he got a lot accomplished. Plus, mm-hmm. there was a paisley suit there, a paisley tux. I want one of those, dude. Yeah, rocking, rocking. Nice. Okay. Plus, he was in the army. Yes, everything about him. It just seemed like a really cool place. Mm. The reason I almost got kicked out <laughs> is uh, is uh, we were walking up. I didn't realize it, but he's buried there. Okay. Okay. And uh, his whole family is buried there. And, I gotta ask: Is he is he still on the commode? Oh no, no! It's a very it's a very somber place. But I didn't realize okay. that. Okay, <laughs> I didn't realize somber was a was yeah. a requirement. Yeah. Hence, so I'm walking. So I'm walking up to the where it is, and there's a statue of Jesus. Okay, like you know, in kind of the with the hands out pose like this, and I wanted to take a picture of it. Okay, and one of my friends, as I was about to take a picture of it, one of my friends starts to walk into the frame, and he goes, "Ooh, I'm sorry," and he starts backing out. And I said, "No, no, Terry, get in there with Jesus," and we all started laughing, but I didn't realize that that uh, there was like all these people on the other side that were like praying to Elvis, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're all like laughing like little kids. I thought you were gonna say we saw the thing in Jesus and like that doesn't look much like Elvis. I know, no, it's just like I was just like I'm taking a picture of it. I'm like, no, I'm like, no, Terry, get in there with Jesus. And and we we thought that was funny and we all laughed and then uh, I didn't realize that that was like the place where you weren't supposed to laugh. You're such an idiot. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, I would be right there with you, cracking jokes. Man. I w- well, and, and and most of it, I but most of the whole time I was in there, I was like, I, I walked in here with a certain opinion of Elvis and mm-hmm. I walked out with. Uh, a different opinion. Okay. Anyway, so you didn't get a chance to see Graceland. Back to the back. Ride, yeah. back no, you know, Grant's like Grant's left now. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he took offense to the Elvis joke. Yeah, like it's not even funny. So, uh, so uh, see what happens now. Put this podcast on. People will be like, yeah, like oh I, get, I get canceled. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so you you get you uh, went to the Bass Pro Shop, which is pretty awesome, and you spent a day in Memphis. Where else did you stop? St. Louis. Arches. Went to see the arches actually on the right end of St. Louis and okay. go up them later. Is that the oh, golden arches? Mm-hmm. Just the one no, of them. St. Just the arch. golden arch, yeah. Yeah, I know. Okay. That's why I asked. <laughs> so, that was really subtle humor right there. That was, was it? Was it? Yeah, it took me a second. It was subtle, yeah. uh, well, subtle you, but I don't know if it was humor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys said arches, and there's only one. So that's I why I was wondering well, if it was McDonald's you went to see. It was just McDonald's yeah. singular. <laughs> so, uh, so, so you went to St. Louis. What else? Chicago. Okay. Did you go see the bean? We did see the bean. It's cool, isn't it? Nice. The what? It is cool. Yeah. The bean? You know about this? No. It's a piece of architecture or, um, I don't know, sculpture. It's art. Yeah, yeah it's art. art. Yeah. yeah. In Chicago. And you just go out and see it in downtown. It's, it's literally yeah. like a giant lima bean, but it's chrome. And okay. it reflects yeah. everything around it. It's That's fun. interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What else? Yeah. So okay. in Chicago, we saw Abbott, which is one of our sponsors. Okay. That was a good time. The, the the pharmaceutical company. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they're our presenting sponsors, so they give us more money than um, I think any of the other ones. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Cool. And we visited a Texas 4000 alumni there. So this is somebody who wrote uh, like probably six or ten years ago, something okay. like that. And he, funny enough, this is one of the stories that's going to stick with me for a while, I can tell. He had done a two-year bikepacking trip with his wife for their honeymoon. And I thought that was the coolest thing. So they started in Europe and across all of Asia by wow. the end of it. You meet a lot of bikepackers on the trip. I bet. Yeah. Especially in like the Yukon area, Alaska area, because people will do Montana to Alaska very frequently or the reverse. And they'll do Alaska to 
uh, South America very frequently. Yeah. Or relatively frequently, at least. All right, everybody. That ends part one of this podcast. Uh, We'll pick up with uh, Grant's epic Texas 4000 journey on the next podcast, which I'll post in about a week. Thanks for listening. This has been an Analog Spectrum production and presentation. All you Spectrum maniacs out there, whatever platform you're using, are you following us? If not, why not? Following us is one small step for a man or a woman, but it is a giant leap for humankind. And it really helps get our small but ever-expanding show out there, too. Also, please listen to all the episodes, or at least the ones you think might interest you. If you like it, then share it. Spread that positive analog spectrum vibe. It's a great way to show your friends and family how much you care. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't get a big kick out of seeing our numbers steadily rise. Finally, leave a comment and rate our show and the episode. Five stars are always appreciated. Moreover, we want to hear from you. Share your show ideas and ask your questions. We'll even answer your questions on the show if you'd like. You can email us at analogspectrum, that's all one word, at gmail.com. If you tweet, then tweet at us. That's at analogspectrum. Finally, we have a Facebook group. I don't do much on there, but I watch it like a hawk. You put something on there, and I'll see it. Again, thanks for listening, and we hope you have a great day.